0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet. It's time
1: to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast presented by Dr. Jody Jones DDS. We're part of the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest, Justin Angel. He will talk Vanderbilt football recruiting. Justin appears on the guest line that's presented by Michael Kendrick of the Kendrick Group. Michael is a local carpenter and a lifelong Vandy fan. He builds bookshelves, cabinets, picture frames, furniture, and made-to-order items, including a display case for my prized Dale Murphy jersey. I've seen Michael's work. He is a true craftsman. If you're in the market for custom woodwork, give Michael a call or text at 615-830-9458. Now on to our podcast with Justin Angel. We've got a special for you right now. We've got the Get the Band Back Together edition of the Vandy Sports podcast. I don't know if he'd be the, the drummer or the lead guitarist or what he'd be, but he's Justin Angel. He's back helping us with football recruiting again. Just a good dude, a good friend, and thrilled to have him back. Uh, Life got busy for a while, and Justin stepped away from the site, but he's back with us and and better than ever. And, Justin, really appreciate you being on to talk some football recruiting tonight.
0: Yeah, no problem. Looking forward to it.
1: What are your thoughts on this class? We'll get specific in a little bit and hit some mailbag questions. The job the staff's doing, what you think of the class – their process, their evaluations, those sorts of things?
0: Uh, I thought they've uh, done a pretty good job so far. Uh, You know, you can tell that really the thing that they've been looking for is skill talent on the offensive side of the ball as far as they got four wide receivers right now. they got two tight ends, two running backs, likely going to add more to that side of the ball. Um, The one thing that I really like, um, I I think, you know, just watching Vanderbilt play here the past few years, uh, something that they haven't had a ton of is team speed, you know, and I think that's something that they've tried to address in this class is trying to become faster, you know, more explosive and those types of things. And that's something I think Vanderbilt needs to do offensively. Um, But also, you know, uh, mostly offense in this class so far uh, but they have done a pretty good job as far as the defensive line. I got some beef there with uh, Demarion Thomas and uh, uh, Ted Gregoire. Uh, I think just getting those two, two big bodies, you know, something that Vanderbilt has struggled getting in the past, uh, that helps out. But, uh, you know, and if you watch Vanderbilt as well, you know, they need help on the back end. And, and they haven't got a ton of defensive backs uh, commitments in this class, but I think that's something that you're going to see that they're going to attack in the transfer portal uh, pretty hard and something they've already been doing. And I think you'll see them get a, a couple of guys uh, for that position out of there.
1: Yeah, I I got a list, I, I kind of had to keep it to myself, of some kids that they may look at in the portal. This is a couple of weeks ago. The ship may have sailed on a lot of them, but it was obvious to me they were targeting DB heavily there
0: absolutely and and one guy that uh you know we've talked about quite a bit on the site uh is alex washington is the harvard uh corner uh he's actually going to be visiting vanderbilt this weekend uh he's a two-time all ivy league guy um and i think you know as far as those ivy league schools as long as you have those kids that's played there during that covid year and then they get that extra year. I just think that you know that's something that that Vanderbilt can uh, take advantage of. I think that's something that they've tried to you know so far. And uh, he's the type of guy that I think Vanderbilt should be targeting in the in in the portal, and a type of guy that could come in uh, immediately help at corner uh, and could you know definitely help that defense uh, where they have struggled here the past couple of years.
1: Do you think the late season wins over Kentucky and Florida did much to move the needle for them? I, I think that, and I always say this, I try to stay consistent. When, when a team gets just its clock cleaned and fans go, oh man, well, they, you know, good luck recruiting to that. I, I get it. I mean, I, I don't see how just getting blown out can help, but if you're going to plant your flag there, the inverse of that is that, well, you know, winning a ton doesn't maybe not maybe won't move the needle either i I think the truth is probably somewhere in between what's your opinion on that
0: uh i think it helps uh you know it's it's pretty easy sale in in a first year when you're coming in and you know talking about this vision this is what we're going to do and do all those things i think the first year you can do that uh by the time you get to the second year at that point, I think, you know, your recruits want to see a little bit of results, you know, and, and if you're struggling and, you know, they started out strong this past year and then they just hit, the, the you know, that terrible stretch there of Alabama, Ole Miss, Georgia, you know, and then they had some winnable games there against Missouri, South Carolina, and you know, they didn't win either one of those and, you know, people start to have doubts. And I mean, kids are kids and they're going to do the exact same thing, guys that you're recruiting. Um, But then you go out and you beat somebody like Kentucky, who's been a pretty established program. And then you go out and beat Florida, you know, for I think that's the second, no, the third time in my lifetime that they've beat Florida. Um, you know, even though it is a down year for them, you can still see, hey, we're competing in the Southeastern Conference. And, I, you know, I think it does turn some heads. Um for your recruits. And you know, I, I think that that helps as far as, you know, kind of going into their official visit season that they've had and they've had some success so far, you know, you know, getting somebody like Dante Kelly, that was a Mississippi state commit at one time, you know, AJ Newberry, Colorado commit at one time, uh, Mr. Sandoval, you know, he's from San Diego committed to San Diego state. And then they, they get him as well. I mean, so, uh, I do think it's easier to sell that vision once you do see some results.
1: How do you think this staff closes and what do you make of its process compared to the previous one? And, and I say, when I say closes, I mean we are now, what, a week from signing day or uh, or so, and that's what I mean. It just seemed like the old staff just sort of, Sometimes through scholarships out there, and I, I don't know that that's exactly what this one does. Is that fair to, yeah. a fair way to put it?
0: Yeah, uh, that's a fair way to put it. I mean, there's been times where, uh, in the past where me and Sean would, you know, he'd shoot me a text and like, who is this guy? <laughs> I would be like, right, I don't know who that is, you know, and, uh, and then you would talk to him on the phone or whatever, and it'd be, you know, hey, I didn't start hearing from Vanderbilt till four days ago, you know, and you just kind of wonder, you know, how that is. I think this staff here, uh, partly I think Barton Simmons, I think they do a really good job of they know what type of kid they want to target. And I think they have the, the Nets cast out there and there there is no stone unturned. And, you know, the the good thing about it is they do have backup plans for those things. You know, like I talked three weeks ago to to Evan Herman, who's a defensive end out of Wisconsin, you know, Vanderbilt offered him about, uh, probably 10, 11 weeks ago. Uh, he came in for a visit. They checked him out, you know, his offer wasn't committable, but he was a guy that was on their board at a certain spot. Hey, if we miss out on A, B and C here, this is D, you know, in the past, I felt like, you know, they probably Vanderbilt wasn't even talking to that guy and had built no prior relationship with him, all right, and then when it got time for it, then, hey, we're just throwing out a scholarship for him, and we're going to try to get him late even though we don't really know him, okay? And if you do that, it's really a gamble, you know, because you're giving a kid an opportunity to play in the Southeastern Conference and you haven't done your, you know, due diligence and far, as far as kind of getting to know the kid, talk to everybody that's involved and in doing those things, you know, and that's not to say that they didn't do that on the majority of them. I'm just talking about here late in the process before signing day. Uh, you, we, we don't really get that many surprises now. And, and I think it helps, you know, that they've built a relationship with those guys. They, they know what they're getting if they do land those commitments from those late offers, because you're always going to do that at times. Um, and, I, you know, I think that's only going to help them be successful.
1: Let's get to the mailbag if you're ready. I'm ready. All right. The mailbag is sponsored by Sutherland & Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call, 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help and Arbor door says any commits that you expect to sign in February instead of December and if so who
0: I don't know of any guys that are planning on signing in February I think Vanderbilt is planning on uh, getting the majority of their class here in December Uh, you know typically if you're a Commit and you choose not to sign in the early signing period. You're kind of, you know, showing that you you're having doubts there. Um, so I'm not aware of anybody right now. Uh, the only one that I know of as far as target wise is uh, Jalen Smith, the wide receiver out of Texas. He was saying that he was going to wait till February. Uh, now he's kind of changed his tune and saying that he's going to sign in December. Uh, Diego Benson is a running back that they're after as well. Uh, There's been some chatter that he may wait until February, but as far as commits, I think they're uh, planning on the majority of those guys uh, signing here in December.
1: Also from Ann Arbor door, who in the incoming class do you expect to play significant snaps this season?
0: Uh, The guys that I think that, that really have a legit, Opportunity to play early. You know, you kind of have to look at position of need. Uh, Junior Cheryl at Lipscomb Academy. Um, I know that, you know, Trent Delfer took the job at UAB, and there's been some concern there of whether he would uh, visit down there, if there's any shot that he may flip. But if Vanderbilt's able to keep him in the class, which most people think he will, Um, But if he's able to stay in the class, I really like his skill set. I got to see him at the Vanderbilt 7-on-7 this summer. Uh, Really quick side-to-side and just a phenomenal football player. Uh, He won Mr. Football. If you watch him, they did everything with him. Uh, Played running back, kick returner, uh, wide receiver, really good hands. And I mean just a fantastic football player. I, I think if he makes it to campus at Vanderbilt, he's going to play early. Uh, another one that I'm really high on is A.J. Newberry out of Texas, the running back. Um, I did a coach analysis with his uh, high school coach not too long ago, and he just raved about this kid. And you watch him, I mean, he ran for 1,700 yards, uh about six foot one, six foot, and he's about two hundred pounds, and he can absolutely go. So uh, I really like his production at the level of play that he had. Uh, another one is Camorian Pimpton. Uh, that's the one at Texas is trying to poach. Uh, LSU's trying to do the same thing. All right, which you know, just like we talked about earlier, if you have those type programs coming in trying to steal. Your prospects, you know, you've done a pretty good job of uh, identifying them pretty quick. So, but Penson is a guy tied in that I think could come in and play early. And then defensively, the guy that I think has a shot is Martell Heights. Uh, You don't hear a whole lot about him, you know, but he um, committed pretty early to uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, He played mostly safety. In uh, high school, I don't know if he'll play safety when he gets to Vanderbilt. I think he probably more like a true corner. And uh, Vanderbilt definitely needs some help out there. So I think that he could uh, be a candidate to do that as well.
1: This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast has been made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. Just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville, but he sees regular folks like you and I as well. What people love about Jody's office is the ambiance it's relaxing, it's friendly. Go see Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of this podcast because without it, this season would not be possible. Okay, you sort of answered this one earlier, but I'll let you add any thoughts you have here. DFW Mark, is Vandy in on recruits that are better overall prospects now that Barton is in charge? Are we seeing a high level or a higher level of players being pursued?
0: Yes, there is definitely more guys that are getting offers from uh, some of your other schools and, and uh, honestly that I mean that's that's what you want at Vanderbilt and you know and you're you're running the risk there of losing Camorian Penton to you know Texas or LSU uh, but if you're not getting guys like that then you're probably not recruiting the way that you need to you know a, uh, I used an example on on the board you know talking about you know Anthony miles, uh, offensive lineman out of Birmingham that they got pretty early. You know, Missouri put a big uh, push on him, trying to get him to, um, trying to get him to officially visit at the end of the year. I'm not sure if that ever happened. All right, but you got guys that are getting in on uh, Kenrick Lanier, the wide receiver from Georgia. Um, you know, it's it's not fun. You know, not trying to hold on to those guys and keep people away. But also, on the other side of that, if people aren't trying to get in there and get those guys, then you're probably not identifying the type of kid that you need to be successful in the Southeastern Conference.
1: Okay. Macho Man Vandy Savage won. Does Coach Clark Lee already have someone in mind for running back, Coach? I I think that's probably a little early for us to know, but maybe you've got some insight there.
0: I don't have any insight whatsoever to that.
1: So, that, that makes two of us. That happened today. And I was, was surprised, right. but Norval McKenzie, who I really liked, by the way, um, my understanding is he had obviously the Atlanta area is where he is from. And I think that was, from what I understand, the, the driver in that decision. So,
0: right. And he recruits that area
1: extremely
0: well. So yeah. you would understand why Georgia Tate would have interest in him so
1: yeah I, I really like Norval you will never hear me say a bad word about that guy okay right. what have we got next we've got Vandy guy 20 who's your favorite in-state kid in the class
0: Well I just went in and talked about junior Cheryl for a long uh, bit there the the other in-state kid that I really like is London Humphreys um, and I'm not sure. If he'll contribute early, I think he's a guy that probably needs to add some weight to, uh, to be able to play in the Southeastern Conference. But as far as his ball skills and his speed, you know, it's, it's SEC-level speed. Um, I got to watch him last week in the uh, Tennessee East-West All-Star game. Uh, he was on offense. They fumbled the ball corner from Blackman, picks it up, runs it, goes about uh, 60 yards. Well, that guy had a running head start. Humphreys is uh, just standing still, sees him, and he actually ran him down at the goal line and uh, nearly got the football away from him, but the guy ended up scoring. But you could see just a flash of, you know, kind of how his athleticism is. And uh, the other thing about him, too, if you know anything about Lipscomb, Lipscomb's got D1 guys running around everywhere, and in the state championship game, they refused to kick the football to London Humphreys. Uh, they would rather pooch it and give it to him at the forty yard line than to take a shot of kicking it to him. And uh, that's uh, definitely some respect for a guy when when you're doing that. So.
1: You know, as much as they leaked on coverage late in the year on special teams, I would think that alone would give him a shot to contribute right away.
0: Absolutely. And the reason they did that is the first time they played, he had uh, two touchdowns for kickoff returns in that game. So, you know, and I, that's uh, <clears throat> against Lipscomb. Out of all, you know, who was probably the best team in the state this year? That might upset some people, but they probably were. Uh, that's uh, pretty impressive. Uh, I
1: don't know that there's much probably about it, but anyway, I mean, <laughs> not, well, there's a, there's a select public school team or two, but go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they uh, when we we uh, when I saw them at Vanderbilt seven on seven, they actually look like one of those all star teams when they come out there to to go through that. So. Let's go. Uh, they definitely got some talent. I mean, I think it's good that, you know, you get junior Cheryl from there, you know, and, and kind of get, uh, some of these local kids from these schools, you know, and try to get some of the local support. That's one thing I do like about this class. You know, they do, they do have five in state kids and uh, I'll say that about Clark Lee and his group. Uh, they do a really good job of recruiting the state. They, they really do they're in schools all the time uh they're checking in uh their their door is always open to high school coaches around the state and um, and you know that's a, that's a really good thing
1: okay no surprise some running back questions here VU and ga with the loss of norval McKenzie sway any current running back commits to decommit
0: well if you notice looking at uh Cedric Alexander and AJ Newberry. That's the two, the running back commitments that they got at the moment. You could tell in their in-home visits this week. Uh, Earl Bennett was on the road; he was in there with them. Uh, but Joey Lynch was in both of those, so I think, uh, you know, they they really brought several coaches into those in-home visits, and I think it was just to make sure. To try to keep those guys in the class, and, and I think they will. Um, AJ Newberry, he just committed to Vanderbilt not too long ago. Uh, Cedric Alexander's been committed for for a long time. The the thing that I want to see is, is, you know, like we talked about earlier, Diego Benson, one guy that they thought they were in a really good spot with, but he hasn't really chose where he's going yet. You know, Iowa, Kansas State, or two of the other teams in there. You know how does they how, how does he respond to that? You know, and and I think it's early enough into the transfer portal that it's probably not that big a deal as long as they get somebody else in here soon. I think they'll be fine. Um, but the thing with the running back position at Vanderbilt is, and AJ Newberry even said this in an interview that I had with him: if you look at Vanderbilt's depth chart right now and what they have playing time, to, you you better believe it playing time. And and he said that. He goes, I think I'm a perfect fit for that offense, and I think I can play early. And uh, even if you're an older transfer back and you look and see what Ray Davis did, you see what Blazek did with that offensive line, and the majority of those guys are coming back. you got Swan, who's going to be a quarterback that should be able to get guys out of the box as long as they get some consistent play from the outside. Uh, I mean, it's a good situation for a running back if they want that.
1: So, J2M says, if Vanderbilt takes three backs in this class, does it mean they are convinced they do not need a transfer running back?
0: That's a good question, uh, and I'm not sure whether they're they're going to take three running backs. And then they already got Newberry. They got Alexander. And uh, I, I like both of those guys. I definitely like Newberry. Uh, you got Diego Benson, who is really physically very similar to A.J. Newberry um, and how he plays. But um, do they take Diego? And Because if you're doing that and you take Diego Benson and you take three high school running backs, you're putting a lot of faith into – you know, one or two of those freshman running backs are going to end up playing. And uh, last year, coming into the year, you know, everybody talked about how much depth Vanderbilt had in running back, and, and for good reason, because you had Ray Davis, you had Rocco Griffins, and you had uh, uh, Patrick Smith, you know, you, you had all those guys, and then Gillespie and Edwards coming in, and then here we are. Today, you pretty much have Gillespie, who got limited playing time, and then you got Patrick Smith, the, the thing for me is and looking at that group and looking what they have coming in, I think it would be in their best area. Uh, it would be best for them to get a older back that's bigger that can take some shots. You know, uh, that, that's the only thing that worries me about Patrick Smith. It, you know, he's kind of small. The LSB's not just overly big either. And then you got, you know, they got some decent size with these freshmen coming in, but that's tough a lot of times for them to take those poundings that they're going to take in the Southeastern Conference. It would probably be best to go out and get an experienced guy that's got a little bit of size to him to where he can be, you know, kind of a a punisher type at times, which is, you know, which is what Ray Davis was. Ray Davis ain't going to run away from you, but he's also going to stick it up in there and get you three or four yards. And I don't know if you, you can find Ray Davis in, in the portal. Yeah. Probably not, because everybody wants that guy. But you can probably get a guy with a similar type skill set. So,
1: by the way, I think I think Ray Davis is is going to land at Kentucky from from what I'm hearing. But um, yeah, do you have anybody in mind who they might get to replace him out of the portal?
0: Uh, the only ones that I can think of is uh, one guy is that Carson Steele played at Ball State. Uh, now, I know Vanderbilt has a lot of connections to Ball State. To me, it only makes sense. Carson Steele, he he ran for uh, like 1,200, 1,300 yards. Ball State pretty much runs the same offense that Vanderbilt does. Uh, so I just think, you know, naturally that would be one that makes sense. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if they're going down that route. And then um, UNL- UNLVs tailback that just got into the portal. He ran for a 1,000 yards. Uh, Vanderbilt, last name's Robbins. Vanderbilt recruited him hard out of high school. Uh, He went to Louisville, didn't play very much, went to UNLV, ran for a 1,000 yards, and then here he is back in the portal. You know, and he's a big guy. He's about 230 pounds. That's how Steele is from Ball State. He's a big guy. Uh, The only thing is, you know, I don't know what those guys are looking for as far as volume of carries, you know, and Vanderbilt's probably, I'm not sure if they're wanting to do that with all these other guys that they got coming in, but you know, it's, there's a lot of factors that go into that, but th- those are the only two names. Now with Vanderbilt interested in those, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I just know that those are two type of guys that you would think that, that they would be interested in.
1: They could get Steele as the player to be named later in the uh, Amir Rahman trade.
0: (laughs) They could. Yes, they could.
1: Okay, let's see. What have we got next? Uh, Vandy and Georgia says, what commit do you believe is the most underrated by the recruiting sites?
0: Most underrated by the recruiting sites. That's.
1: That's a pretty good uh, question. I feel feel you uh, delaying me here, like you don't have a ready answer and you're having to think about (laughs) it. I do
0: not have a ready answer
1: for
0: that. Uh, I will say this. I do like the two offensive guards that they got. Uh, I know that you don't hear a ton about Misa Sandoval. You know, people look at that, ah, he stole him from San Diego State. You know, he ain't very good. And then you look at Cooper Starks and you look at his offer list, ah, you know, he's just got a bunch of Mac offers and those two things. Those are two very large human beings.
1: I've Uh, seen Starks in person, and yes, that is 100% correct.
0: Starks is a big guy. And the thing about Starks is he's, he's super athletic. Super athletic, and you you got two guys there that's going to play interior. That's already three twenty plus, and Misa he measured in at six foot six, and then you got Cooper Starks there, you know, who's legit six foot five. I mean, I I really like that combination there, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sometimes you know at guard, you don't have to be just overly athletic. That's one thing about Mises film when you watch him. I don't think he's just super athletic, but he's got a mean streak to him. He has got a big body. And I think that he's gonna fit in pretty good uh in the interior. And I think either him or Starks is going to have a, you know, a chance to be pretty good before it's all said and done.
1: Okay, you answered part of this earlier, but VU, I'm sorry, VA seventy two. How well is the new staff getting to know the local high school coaches and in making inroads and developing relationships for future recruiting success in state?
0: Oh, they do a really good job, and uh, something that they've not been afraid to do is is they are not scared to be the first team to offer somebody, even if it's a young prospect. And uh, that, that, that's key. I I know people get tired of, you know, they offer this guy, it's a freshman in high school, or they offer this guy, it's a sophomore or whatever. Sometimes that's what you got to have to, uh, to, to be a part of the game, you know? And, and like I was talking about earlier, as far as like building relationships and doing those things that, you know, that's what recruiting is. And if you're the first one to extend the offer, those kids don't forget those things. And, um, you know as far as being a, you know, with Tennessee high school coaches they they do a tremendous job uh they've always had an open door uh they did a camp last uh a coaching clinic last year that was free that you really did you, you didn't have to pay anything to go to but you got to go to these breakout sessions and and talk to these different coaches and everything else and Anytime you want to go down there and watch a practice, you know they're they're more than willing for that, and you know a lot of times, <clears throat> you know Vanderbilt's coaching staff in the past, you know they they've tried to do that for the most part, but this group seems to be really going out on uh, going out of their way to you know make sure the Tennessee high school coaches are are getting the you know the attention that they need and those things, and and when you start offering their kids and you're the first team to offer their kids then you know that that really goes a long way with them
1: was it true that Mason never set foot inside NBA uh
0: i'm not sure on that one
1: <laughs>
0: uh he he never set foot in Lebanon high school i can tell you that um And we had a guy by the name of Zion Logue that was there uh, who happens to be starting at nose guard for Georgia now. Um, So uh, I I could believe that possibly if it happened. Uh, But not sure.
1: Okay, this is switching gears. Somebody wanting your evaluation on offensive line, which you know a bit about having – coached high school ball, and played offensive line in college. Uh, watching film of the offensive line, what specific techniques do you see Blazek teaching the offensive line? Well, by the way, this is from Vandy34. The choices are uh, first step correct angle, correct aiming, pointed engagement, hand, pe- hand placement on pass block, good feet balance, maintaining correct pad level and sustaining blocks, and uh, others.
0: That's a, uh, that's a tough question there with not without being, you know, just around him a whole lot. But the times I've been around Blazik, I mean, he's been, you know, like most offensive line coaches, he's really big on as far as, uh, you know, aiming points, first steps, getting to where you're supposed to go. Uh, and, and the one thing that I'll say about Blazik, you know, somebody told me uh, probably – eight or nine years ago, and and, you know, I kind of took this to heart. You know, if, 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 you're a good offensive line coach, it doesn't mean that you're gaining five to six yards of play. If you're a good offensive line coach, it means that you're not giving up negative plays. And, you know, and that's something I noticed with Blazek and his group, uh, especially, you know, getting into year two, I think just being familiar with the system and doing those things, um, they didn't give up a, just, you know, a ton of tackles for loss. and You know, that says a lot about Blazik. And then the, the one thing that I really liked that he did was early in the year, I mean, he was playing eight, nine offensive linemen over a course of a game. And, uh, you know, a lot of times as offensive line coaches, you don't want to go out on that limb and do stuff like that. But it really paid off for him. Because they had a, you know, just rash of injuries, you know, and they get there towards the when they're in there against Kentucky and Florida. I mean, they had a lot of guys out up front. Uh, Chris, you may know the three exact starters. I think, yeah, missing three starters. Well, the reason for that is because Blazek had went ahead and put a lot of those guys in, and he had those guys prepared for for when that time came. You know, a lot of times coaches well, we're just gonna pigeonhole five of them in there and we're gonna go with it do those things um and the one thing i think Blazik has done a good job of as well i think he has instilled you know confidence in his guys and you know and that's not always an easy thing to do especially when you're playing the likes of alabama and georgia and blocking dudes that has got defensive linemen that look like that so um uh, he he's done an incredible job uh, since he's been down there. And um, uh, he's got a lot of those guys coming back. So we'll see, you know, where he takes that group.
1: Justin, any parting thoughts on anything that we didn't get to today that may be pertinent? And we'll, we'll, by the way, we'll try to do another one of these probably on signing day or maybe just after. But uh, anything that's worth a discussion that we didn't get into tonight?
0: Well, uh, just coming up here on signing day, if you're on Vandy Sports, you'll get to, you know, read about all these things. Just, you know, Vanderbilt's got 19 commitments right now, Uh, really trying to hold on to to three of them, just like we talked about earlier in this with Lanier, Pempton, Cheryl, you know, trying to keep those guys in the class. Uh, I'm not sure about the numbers. I think they're getting a little tight on those but I do think you'll see them add a couple of guys here before signing day. Um, and what they don't get by signing day, I do think that, you know, as we've talked about so far is getting into the portal. And I think you'll see uh, uh, that pick up a little bit when it comes to January, because they'll be trying to get some guys to fill some, some depth holes and, and all of those things. So uh, just make sure that you're on uh, VandySports.com and uh, checking out the latest.
1: Yeah, and, and just to people out there, if they haven't subscribed, it's $99 a year. Uh, Justin and Sean have been doing a really good job of dropping a lot of scoop and things lately, and, and that helps us um, be able to offer more coverage. Um, this just in when, when, when the football team hasn't had a winning season in 10 years and the the basketball program's kind of gone in the toilet. Um, people are less reluctant to subscribe, no matter what you do. Um, so, uh, but we we're the ones that have bills to pay because of that. Uh, everything we get comes from from podcast ads and subscriptions. We don't get paid by click. We don't get anything like that. We don't get salaries. So, just if you're out there and you haven't subscribed. Uh, do us a, a, a favor, well, do yourself a favor first and do us one too. Uh, get in, hit that subscribe button and support what we do. And Justin, really appreciate you coming on tonight. Um, I'm going to upload this thing here on Thursday night and I'm going to get up early in the morning. We've got a 1,000 mile drive to Colorado for Christmas. So uh, I think you're going to take the wheel on uh, signing day while I'm out in uh, out in. Colorado in Pac-12 country. That feels weird to say. <laughs> you, uh,
0: you might say, oh, prime time out there a little bit.
1: I, you never know. He's, he's everywhere, I think. so.
0: <laughs> That's right.
1: Justin, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you soon.
0: All right. Appreciate it, Chris.
1: Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk, Michael Kendrick of the Kendrick Group. And myperfectfranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrisley70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, vandysports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast that helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at VandySports.com. Follow me at ChrisLee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.